So I have an OnlyFans.com with my name. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Christopher Columbus is a little bitch. Uh, welcome to the Industry Special. <laughs> welcome to episode 40 of the Industry Special podcast. Shamp Kemp edition. Um, got two guests on, two brand new guests. One I, I didn't know would even uh, want to come on. Actually, both of them. I've been trying to get one guy on for a while, and then the other guy, I just, uh, you know, took a shot out there. He was like, hell yeah, let's do it. So uh, that's what we're doing right now. Um... Yeah, so get the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review. Uh, you can also catch it on SoundCloud. Um, YouTube. And it's a special podcast. Please like, subscribe, share, comment, all that good stuff. And uh, we're going to bring on first guy. Solo layout. Bada boom. Introduce yourself, sir. Uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, people call me Jeremy. They call me Coop. Born and raised in the Bay Area. Diehard A's fan, diehard Raiders fan, fuck with the Warriors, cannot get down with the Niners at all. So. <laughs> Can the Giants get some love? I do love the Giants. Grew up going to tons of Giants, tons of Crawl Day Six. I've actually been in the clubhouse at the old uh, Candlestick Stadium. So I used to rock with the Giants real hard. Been to a lot of the World Series games. I like them, but I fuck with the East Bay. For sure, for sure. And so, as you can tell, this is going to be a baseball edition, so we got to have uh, the goat of the hats on. Introduce yourself, <laughs> sir. I am. Let me change my camera angle real quick because I was screwed there up there. Uh, my name is Benjamin Christensen, a.k.a. Shaka Brody. Uh, I am also an East Bay native, uh, straight out of Oakland, California. Big A's fan, as you can obviously tell by my dingy ass old 93 <laughs> to uh, 2014 road hat uh or no 94 to 2013 sorry and uh happy to be on the show hell yeah i appreciate you guys being on here okay so first i'm gonna start off with i have a cousin whose name is 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 benjamin i always call him <laughs> ben and so i sometimes forget that i think you prefer benjamin over ben correct I do, but I don't. It, it's not like, oh my god, I, I, you know, care that much if somebody calls me Ben. Usually, if I if I say anything about it, I'm usually busting if somebody's balls about it. Okay, okay, okay. I was just, I was like, let me let me get this straight because I see on <laughs> on Twitter people are always oh Hat Club Ben, Hat Club Ben. But whenever I, you you introduce yourself on the recap, it's Benjamin. Your name right there, Benjamin. Yeah. I was gonna say it's on it's on the birth certificate, so I gotta I gotta I gotta adhere to what my parents' wishes were. Yeah, it it, it kind of annoys me sometimes when people just who don't even really know me say Dex. I'm like, yeah, uh, okay, whatever, sure, whatever. <laughs> I didn't even know your name was Dexter for like three years. Yeah, he didn't. <laughs> Everybody in my family calls me Bootsy, and he knows me through a family friend, so he would just call me Bootsy. I was like, like who is Dexter? That's a pretty good nickname to have, though. Uh, It's funky. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So 
you guys got a couple of uh, years on me. Um, like I said, we're all from same area. I'm, you know, me and Ben are from Oakland. Jeremy's from Berkeley, but you know, shit, it's right down the damn street. Um, literally. literally, I could walk to him. <laughs> I think he's out of town right now, but I could walk to him. Um, what are you guys, some of your oldest memories of the A's and the Coliseum before Al Davis and, and came back from L.A. and ruined the uh, the beauty that was Coliseum? I'll say, Coop, I'll let you, I'll let you start because I think you might actually have a couple years on me. Man, it's it's hard to pick one one memory. Um, pre pre Al Davis. Let's see. I mean, pre Al Davis, that was still when you know we were making it to the World Series in the late '80s with the Bash Brothers. So you know, like, I hate to say it, but the '89 World Series that was epic. I was hoping actually that the Giants would have won a game so we could bring it back to Oakland because I had tickets. Like, mm-hmm. I went to the two games in Oakland, so that you know that was awesome. Like I was I was in my early teens, like going to the World Series games, loved it. Two years prior to that, I was telling these guys earlier. I went to the uh, All Star game in '87 at the Coliseum. Mm. That was amazing. You know, just like. You know, especially when you're younger, like seeing all those stars, like your favorite players, like, you know, like going down there for batting practice and trying to get them to toss you a ball. That was amazing. Um, speaking of tossing balls, like me and my dad would go to so many games. We had like partial season tickets and I would get balls from players. I had like some bats, some gloves. Like I have a Mike Davis cleat. Um, I used to try and get the entire team's autographs. I have some with like a lot of, almost the entire team's autograph. Um, A lot of memories, man. I think, um, you know, I always think one thing that stands out is like Dwayne Murphy's pro in his hat. Like back in the day when the A's had um, Ricky Henderson, Dwayne Murphy, and Tony Armas in the outfield. Amazing outfield. And, uh, you know, Dwayne Murphy had that big-ass fro, and his hat would just be <laughs> perched on top. And, you know, whenever he started running, the hat would fly off. And, I mean, gosh, man, now I'm thinking of all these memories. I mean, you can't forget, like, just watching Ricky do Ricky. You know, everything Ricky did was amazing oh, right yeah. then. So, yeah, I'm sorry, man. I can't name one memory, but I just named No, one. that was – hey, I said memories. That's perfectly <laughs> okay. fine right there. <laughs> And, and Benjamin, I will what say you one got? other thing. I oh, think the on. first game I went to, I have the ticket from it. I think it was in 1982. You know, I was going to the A's game. And so I had to wear my A's uniform because, you know, they might need to put me in the game or something. So there you go. <laughs> went to the game, had head to toe A's uniform, the hat, the jersey, the baseball pants, the stirrups. And they won the game, so you know, like they didn't put me in, but you know, <laughs> in fact, they knew I was ready. You know, set who was the up. manager back then? Ooh, eighty-two. I'm, 82? I'm, I'm, Billy I'm Martin up right now. Should have been Billy Martin still, yeah. Billy Martin. Martin. No, no. Yeah, Billy Martin. He's manager and general manager. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was the Billy Ball days. Doing everything. All right, what you got, Diamond? I was going to say, oddly enough, for me as a kid, I, I went to more Giants games, but then it had more to do with the fact that my parents or my dad being a Giants fan always drug me there. 
But every now and then we we'd go uh, support the A's a little bit just because my my oldest brother and I were the only A's fans in the family. So uh, first game I ever went to, if I remember correctly, was May of 87. And the one detail or the, the, the two details really that I that always stick out to me as far as the, the pre and post uh, Mount Davis era is, you know, minus minus Mount Davis, you, you got a great view of the Oakland Hills and. You know, it's no matter no matter what anybody says about the Coliseum, just for whatever reason, that that view just made that a, an absolute staple of, of, of stadiums that needed to be visited during any calendar baseball year. Um, and then the other weird part was the orange seats. And <laughs> for something that you would think would be an aesthetic for for Candlestick Park is just like now nah, just the Oakland Coliseum just had bright ass orange seats. I remember and that. it's like okay, I do not oh. remember that. I need to look this up right now. I I want to I want to mm-hmm. say at the point in the in the mid '90s is when they switched them out to the green, and so right. it it was just a really weird aesthetic that that even as a kid I remember just that being kind of strange. But um, the it game in particular, what's that? The logo it matched the uh, yes, that's right, the Coliseum logo, the original Coliseum logo. Holy shit. I was gonna say, dig dig that one up. That's that's a rare find and and a true aesthetic to, you know, wow. what the way art was in the seventies. It doesn't even look. It looks like a knockoff <laughs> candlestick. Yes. How have I never noticed? Because I I look at pictures of it all the time, trying to remember because I just remember kind of running around in the bleachers. Yep. With other kids, not really paying attention because I was uh, way younger. I mean, I probably was two or three, four years old. My first A's and Giants games, so I don't remember all the details. But I remember, you know, just being a fan because for whatever reason, when my parents moved uh, from San Francisco to Oakland and bought a house. My dad just gave away all his San Francisco affiliations. And he was like, "I'm I'm <laughs> Oakland now." So, you know, he was down for everything A's and, you know, he was talking mad shit about the Giants and the Niners and everything. <laughs> Obviously, there's no football team here. So I think he was a Cleveland Browns fan for until the Raiders came back. But oh, uh, that's that's so crazy about the Orange Seas. I'm look it just it looks so fucking weird. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What it was funny, it looked weird to me when it, they changed it to green. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So they changed it to green when they started doing all the the Mount Davis uh, type stuff, or a little before I that. Don't remember the exact timing. Oh yeah, because I want to say it was the post Walter Haas ownership era. I, I think when Shot and Company kind of took over the team, they 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 found they found an avenue, and especially within adding Mount Davis, just was like, oh well, we have to we have to make this an A's environment, you know, year round. And so I think that had a lot to do with it. And to clear up something for the people who aren't from Oakland and don't know all these details, Mount Davis was a monstrosity or is a monstrosity of a humongous section of, of ballpark seating that they put in center field to accommodate Al Davis and the A's. So yeah, most uh, A's fans frown upon that. I also forgot... I was, we're talking about being hydrated, but to go with the theme of golden green. Hey! And because my guy, my guy, I got the paper bag too. My guy, uh, my guy Benjamin drinks these. I haven't had one in forever. I used to drink the the the, the great the grenade ones, you know. Oh yeah. The bottles. So uh, cheers to you guys. 
Hey, cheers to you. I, I feel like a jackass for not having one myself. It's all good. It's my day off. I'm living it up. <laughs> all right. So I got some trivia since we're still on the A's right here. Do it. All right. So I'm going to ask. Then you guys can both answer. And I'll tell you who's correct. If you guys just don't automatically know. I think you're going to know the first answer. But the second one is what I'm second and third. Okay. All right. Most most opening day starts in A's history from the 1980 till now. Ooh. Ooh. <sighs> opening day starts. Opening day starts, 1980 to now. Oh. Do, my my instinct wants to tell me Dave Stewart, but that doesn't sound correct at all. I have the exact same thought. I'm like. I naturally, that's my first answer because he did pitch for them a long time. Yeah. I think he only has six opening day starts. Man. You know, I'm I'm gonna hang I'm gonna hang on it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Dave Stewart. Okay. Nope. Yeah, All right, both you guys say so number one, I thought you guys say this. Ricky Henderson with twelve. Oh, see, oh, see, when I hear opening day start, I'm thinking opening, I'm thinking pitchers. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. I've just meant starting opening oh, day yeah, in Ryan the Anderson. lineup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, positions and pitchers. Sorry, all okay. Right, all right, all right, but, yeah, yeah. Ricky, so number yeah, two, sure. number two, and then there's three tied for number three. Oh, for number, number two? two? Ooh. Um... All right. Who came and went back? Came and went back. Jose Canseco sounds correct, but I feel like he might be in the three spot since he came back twice. No. All right, hold on. Mark McGuire has to be one of them. Mark McGuire is tied for third. All right. With nine, Ooh. Jeremy, you got you got a guess. Nine. Oh, second most. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Here's 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 a tip. Number two has ten starts. And now I'm trying to think of like how many years Eric Chavez actually hung around on the A's. Right. I'm trying to think of everyone who like hung around a long ass time. <sighs> I mean, the A's keep their players, you know. If they can, yeah. <laughs> if they yeah, can, after, they will keep after them. five years though. It becomes questionable. Well, yeah, because I'm also trying to think of like who who started their career with the A's because you know dudes like Dave Henderson, you know he was on the Red Sox before he came over to Oakland. So right. um, yeah, he wasn't with the A's that long. Um, and I think Carney Lansford was was the Red Sox before Oakland as well. Right. All right, you guys want me to tell you? Yeah, just tell. What 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 position are they? They are all infielders. I'll Ooh, give you okay. that. Okay. Uh, then, uh, you know, okay, you got McGuire go. down, so that's first base. There you go. I'm, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw Walt Weiss out there then. Good, but no. Damn. <laughs> all right, number two <laughs> with ten starts, Eric Chavez. I I fucked. <laughs> And the three that are tied for third place with nine: McGuire, Terry Steinbach, 
time. Uh, Carney, Carney Lansford. Car okay. Wow. All right. I, I, I literally in my head talked myself, and especially saying <laughs> Yeah, you said, you said his name. Out. And you said Lansford. Like, no, he's only there for like eight years, but yeah, okay. Great. All right. Second trivia. I thought this was, I was looking through all this shit, and I said, whoa, this can't be right. <laughs> Oakland A's 2004 first base opening day starter was? Ooh, I, I want to say Scott Hatterberg. Damn. I, that's the time when I kind of checked out from baseball. Got to get rid of the bag. It's not fitting in my cup holder. Who you got, Jeremy? Four. 2004, first base, opening day starter. I will tell you this. He did not play much that year. <laughs> and that was the, the end of his career. <laughs> oh. Oh, all right. oh, 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 shit. Uh. <laughs> uh, oh, it, it's, uh, no it's like I feel like I remember this story. Coop, you got an answer? Or a guess? Just, just, just a guess. Throw out a guess. It's got, I was going to say, it's got to be like Nomar or Mike Piazza. Mike, gosh, I don't know what Mike Piazza is. I, I also either. feel like I'm a couple <laughs> years off with Piazza. All right, I'm going to tell you guys. It's very close to Mike Piazza. Eric Karros. Ah! <laughs> See, I told you I was going to think of some shit that nobody would know. <laughs> no, that's a good one. All you right. I'm not sure if he got injured, but I think he only played 41 games and very few I innings. Think, I think Scott Hatterberg played most of the season. Yeah. And then um, what the hell was the other guy's name? DH and uh, the... oh, that would have been Jason Jaha if anybody at that point in time. Uh, no, his name was uh, fuck, 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 fuck. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. 2004. Is it John Mabry? A Rubio Durazo. <laughs> Rubio Durazo. 919 OP, OPS that year. Former former uh, 2001 World Series champion, Rubio Durazo. Yeah, I forgot all about that guy existing. Okay, so we're going to transition over here. Both of you guys, I played baseball when I was young. I played T-ball <clears throat> in Little League in Emeryville. Uh, we had like a red, reds-looking uniform. Whatever the case. <laughs> I started playing basketball. Gave up on the baseball. But you guys, you guys played. Yep. So, oh, yeah. um, let's hear. Just, you know, let's just spew on. I'll let you go first. Oh, yeah, no problem. Oh, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I did most of my baseballing down in Bakersfield, California, because uh, my family ended up moving down there, like, right before I started kindergarten. Um, so, you know, played t-ball all the way through my, my senior year of high school. Um, basically the one thing that kind of kept me from, you know, going to, to an advanced level, whether it's college or to the minors or whatever was, uh, during my junior year, I took a, uh, fastball right to the face, kind of like, oh. um, John Carlos Stanton did a couple years ago. I was just going to say John Carlo, man, they didn't yeah. have those big ass fucking protector face things back then. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, it was probably like high eighties, low nineties for, mm. you know, for that, that, that level. 
And uh, just after that, mentally, I couldn't I couldn't get back in the box the way that I used to. And I was just like, all right, yeah, this is this is kind of it. So um, it took me like another three years when I finally moved up to Portland and was playing like rec ball city league when I can actually like finally like, you know, transition back into playing on a regular basis. But by that time, it's like yeah, my window was closed. What positions did you play? Uh, second base and outfield. Oh, okay. Utility. Uh, for, for, for me being 6'3", it was, it, was, it was pretty interesting to be <laughs> A second, second baseman, base. huh? You were fucking, uh, uh, the, uh, what's his name? Tulowitzki of second base, huh? Exactly. Very interesting. Uh, what about you, Sir Coop? Let's see. So I started my baseball career at the young age of five. I was, uh, actually, I got drafted. I was at San Pablo Park playing with my dad and uh, nice. one of the coaches of one of the little Berkeley summer league programs walked over and was just like, oh, yeah, you're, you know, your son should come play on my team. And so that started my career. Um, I played Berkeley baseball summer league, played for Houston Records and Betty's Diner, and then uh, moved on to play North Oakland Little League. And then I played for uh, Willard Junior High School. That was fun. You know, the baseball field right at the school. Oh, you went to Willard? Okay. Yeah. I, went I didn't to Willard, know this. Um, I, I don't know if I still have it, but I used to have like one of the, the, the best ERA um, for, for pitchers at Willard back in the day. Um, I pitched and played outfield. And then I went on to play for, I played all four years at Berkeley High School. So, what position yeah, you play at Berkeley? Um, Berkeley, I pretty much just pitched. What was your pitches? And, uh, what was your repertoire you have here? That, I threw strikes. That's really what it was. I threw strikes. I didn't walk. Greg Maddox over here. You know, like, I wasn't. I wasn't blowing the ball, the ball by people, but I kept it low and away most of the time, so it wasn't going to get hit out of the park. I got you know eight guys behind me who should be able to field it, so that's how it worked. Um, my junior year, I pitched in like almost every game. I was middle relief. Um, I didn't, throw, like I said, I wasn't the hardest thrower. So I would kind of like throw up, you know, the timing change would throw people off. I could get through the lineup one time and then they'd bring in a closer. And then junior year, I mean, then senior year, I just got fucked. Like we switched coaches and, uh, yeah, I, the new manager fucking barely ever played. So. I think I like didn't play for a month. I was about to quit. I never quit anything. Like in my life, I'm not a quitter. But it got to the point where I was just like, this is stupid. I'm just going to practice and wasting your time. Wasting my time. You know? <laughs> but I did hunt in there. And finally, my senior year, my last game as a yellow jacket, we beat Davis Al. I'd lost we'd lost to them every single time we played them in my high school career. And uh we came back from behind and uh I was I was part of the rally and got a, like a base hit and uh, we ended up beating them. That was like how I ended my uh, my Berkeley high career. So, good memories, man. Good memories. And then <laughs> so, you're gonna ask why I didn't play in college. It was like I I just I was I was small, man. I didn't really grow until much later. I'm still not huge now, but I, I was just a little guy. Could have been Romo, man. <laughs> yeah. Could have been Altuve. <laughs> um i was gonna say so de la salle i remember them you know being just the greatest football team in the history of the world were they good in baseball too back then yeah 
They're good. Changes at everything, in everything, huh? Man. Fuck. Carousel and Carondelet, like, I mean, they were recruiting. You know, they were giving people scholarships for high school. Jeez. And in the Bay Area, basically, you know, if you're good at De La Salle, then you're going to the, you know, you're going to a, a D1 school. Yeah, there was so many cats back in the day who went to the league, you know, going straight from De La Salle. Well, not straight from De La Salle, yeah, but, you know, exactly. get a D1 scholarship. All right, so still on baseball. Baseball is kind of on some weird shit. We got a, a pretty horrible commissioner. Um, so if you guys <laughs> got commissioner... What do you guys want to? What do you think can fix baseball? Or I, I mean, fix like you know, there's nothing really wrong with baseball, but you know, what would yeah. you guys, what would you guys implement or change to to make baseball, uh, you know, blossom like a you know back in the heyday? I, I think the easy one is get rid of the blackout restrictions so people can actually watch and support the game. Agreed. I thought they changed that for this upcoming uh, season. I remember uh, someone mentioning some sort of change. I, I, I hope to God they did because seriously, uh, it's, it's been yeah. it's been god awful for the last decade or so. Yeah, it's stupid. It's stupid. Like um, so, with um, so on YouTube, right? The NBA they post almost immediately after the game, like almost like a walkthrough of what happened. No, no commercials, yeah. no bullshit. Just like all the major plays. So if you miss a game, or you like, oh, you're a Pacers fan, you can't watch them play the damn pistons you know yeah <laughs> you know then youtube will have it 30 minutes later pretty much everything that happened in the game right the nfl oh, kind of does something similar baseball they just don't they they're just they're lacking on their their social media um and their accessibility it's that for sure is something like it's like they're living in the the 50s or something well yeah. they were actually the ones who started it though like bam MLB BAM, which is now owned by uh, Disney, they actually got contracted by, I think, I know by hockey and I think also by the NBA to help come up with their online media presence. Yep. For, um, like, I think they actually just took the template from MLB and redid that for all of the NBA websites and all of the NHL websites. So, you know, in some ways, they actually started it, and it actually was a is a is was a hugely profitable um, entity. Um, they actually they learned a lot by doing it for baseball, and they were able to actually become an independent company from MLB and come up with the online and the multimedia strategies for all these other leagues. So, it could be that their focus has changed, but they definitely were the trendsetters in having. Um, multimedia aspects for professional sports i mean benjamin i think you uh didn't you work for um you I worked did. in some yeah you worked yeah what, what I, was that i, I, I worked i worked for that division uh back in 2012 so everything he's saying is 100 percent accurate yeah um it, it's just it's just the weird part is just as as you were kind of saying earlier it's you know mlb started a lot of this tried to be the trendsetter as far as you know implementing their product into the social media spectrum but for whatever reason they just you know police themselves and have just basically just like stopped trying to you know create more content uh yeah. I, I i look at the nfl and see what they're doing between what they're doing with social media but more importantly i mean dating back from the early days of the nfl with nfl films and it's just like why are you guys not doing something similar to this with baseball 
I mean, you have 100-plus years of history that's kind of encapsulated here, but you guys really aren't, you know, producing shows. I mean, having, like, biographies, like like a football life on the NFL network. It's like, how are yeah. you guys not putting this kind of stuff together? Um, and, I mean, this and this is just from a viewership point of view as far as, like, how do you bring people in? I mean, just share it. You know, share your history. You know, just don't make it boring and watered down as like it was back in the 1950s yeah because like i remember when the the mlb network first came out and for about two or three years i thought that shit was amazing but they haven't really kept going with it it's kind of like it's just kind of gotten stale like you said it's kind of fucking boring what they do or doing like i don't know but i mean i yeah and i remember them being like like with the apps and shit like you could watch the highlights through the phone and everything, but yep. that's still all you pretty much you can do. Like, like I still can't them. go. You can't share them either. That's what pisses me off. Like, so no. the, you can watch the highlights from a game, but there's no link. So like I could watch a video of a home run and be like, oh man, let me send this to Bootsy. And then there's no share link. And I'm like, nope. that's all people, people don't even, people halfway don't even watch things. They just click share, you know? Yeah. 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 Damn. Yeah. So I guess we are. I guess we're all in agreement on this, huh? <laughs> on that one, yeah. Back to your original question: What we would change about the game? Um, I would like to change the number of um, pitchers on the roster. There are too many pitchers on the rosters nowadays, yes. and I mean it's funny because they're trying to address it by saying you know a pitcher has to pitch to three batters, yeah, and you know like. That they're addressing it on that end, but you really could fix it if you control the number of pitchers on a roster to some degree. And I know yep. that's kind of like crossing a line of telling the GM how to set up their their roster, but it's it, it impacts the game, right? Because yep. now you have you only have like two two bench players, and everyone else is a pitcher. So now you don't have as much the 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 the, the pinch hittings situations you could have the pinch runners like all of that is really much more limited now because you don't have that depth on the bench so i would like to see there be fewer pitchers on the roster um, i also think that would um force the caliber of pitching to be better um, I, i'm not impressed with with pitchers and like they don't even you know like every other pitch is a pass ball now yeah because they, you know, they don't want to throw it in the strike zone. And I get it. Every pitch shouldn't be in the strike zone, but it shouldn't be bouncing up to the plate, like, all the time either. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. So I'm really disappointed in the quality of the pitching these days. And I think limiting uh, the number of pitchers on the roster would, would help with that. I think I think for me, as far as, you know, any, any advancement or changing in the rules, I think a lot of it for me just want to go back to like the way the format was previously. Um, the Alex Avia slash Buster Posey rule, you know, limiting the space that catchers have when a ball's coming in when they're trying to make a play at the plate. I still find that ridiculous. Like, I understand yes. the aspect of trying to, you know, protect players, you know, from getting severe injuries, but at the same time, it's like, in, in a bang-bang play, like, what catcher is really, you know, going to be cognizant as far as where they're standing when a ball is yeah. coming in and they have to lay the tag down? So I, I think the lane rule that they, they implemented is is stupid. Um, 
the DH doesn't bother me, but I think, you know, set it up so it's like DH is optional because there are occasionally like pitchers like Madison Bumgarner, uh, Zach Ranke, you know, dudes who can rake and don't necessarily need a DH or a hitter for them. Yeah. Um, I, I think when they when they added the DH rule back in 74, it's like, yeah, okay, it's cool, but, you know, to have one league have this option, this other one not, it is still just kind of strange to me. Um, but that's kind of small ticky-tack stuff, I, I think, really. All right. I, I like – I actually like the fact that one league has it and one doesn't just because it, it makes the leagues unique. But – I can respect um, that. So my my next nitpick would be the uh, the replay. Now I'm not totally against instant replay, yeah. but and I don't know uh, you know I don't have a perfect solution for writing it for the way it will be written, but I honestly don't like the way it's applied. Like when you slide into the base and you know you you obviously beat the throw, but then during your slides you come off the base for like yeah a fraction of a second. And yeah. then you're out. Like, that's bullshit. It's like, he was there. He was fucking there. Um, the other thing one I, I don't like is, um, gosh, what's the other one that annoys me? I don't know. Me, me talk about this stuff all the time. So. See, I, I, will, I will say, in, re, in regard to, to what you're saying as far as the, 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 the sliding in the bag and stuff like that, I mean, call it the halo rule because the fact that, you know, within, with, within a confine of that area, it's like, yeah, it's it's a bang bang play it, it, it you know momentum occasionally carries off I mean, hell what's to stop the the player from pushing you off the bag exactly that out as well right all oh i like i used to like i don't i don't know why but i just thought it was cool like that when you turn double plays you didn't even have to touch the bag you know like you just be, <laughs> you slide your foot by the bag just you're the slide base, by. You're yeah. like, like you're good you know i got it <laughs> yeah you know i got Seriously. it and like it was a mutual thing i was just like i got this and like you know nobody even no one argued about it it was just like yeah i know he was out he was out like you could have touched the base if you wanted to. yeah and now you know they'll be like oh we're gonna replay it oh he, he was a millimeter away from the base so yeah his, like, his you know, spike, spike came off wrong, just a hair. <laughs> yeah. Like, I understand a wrong call, like, where, you know, the guy didn't tag him and you said he tagged him. Like, that's yeah. what I like. I think those are good instant replays. Or if it's a call at first and the guy beat it out and he didn't, you know, like, the umpire called him safe, but the ball got there before him. I don't mind those replays. I'm not a huge fan of those, but I'll let those slide. But some of the other ones, I'm like, this is silly. Now, the one thing that does annoy me as well is I don't understand why they can't build stadiums where fans can't reach over onto the field. Like, I get annoyed when you have yeah. this shit of was it a home run or was it a not home run? Build the stadium so we can clearly see whether it was a home run or not. Like, that's just ridiculous. And so those are things that end up becoming instant replays. And then you still, you never really can tell, you know, the cameras aren't yeah. set up perfectly at the top of the fence so you can tell. So and then it drags the game fight. on for extra seven minutes yeah. each time, at the very Three least. Take too fucking long. Yep. Yeah, and and I think that's a simple solution where it's like basically what you're doing is, you know, setting seats back like an extra five to six feet from the wall, and that's it. So so at least defenders in the outfield can can make some kind of a play on something. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. Yeah, I mean, like 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 old school, like we're talking about, like like candlestick. 
and the seats were here, and then it had a damn fence, you know, <laughs> 15 <laughs> feet, 15 feet in front of them, you know, and then, you know, it's like trash all over the damn fence. It's like 50 feet. <laughs> <laughs> You're nowhere yeah, close to the damn ball. Try and get home run balls, though. That was fun. <laughs> okay, um, so real quick, I, I want to make an analogy about about stuff that you guys were bringing up because the 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 replay stuff, you know, like oh, like you know, did it was the was the the foot on the bag, you know, it's like so close it came off for a, a smidge of a second. Like in basketball, yep. they start doing the same thing with they they replay all the damn they, like. They replay yeah. all the time. They just like they just randomly oh, we're just going to check it, right? And it'll be yeah. like, oh, who was the ball off of, right? And it's like, so you can have player A hit the ball. Everyone sees he hit the ball, but it just happened to graze the guy's finger a, a smidge too long as he hit it off his hand. But it's like, yeah. oh, it's out on him. Like, no, he hit the ball out my hand, right? Nope. Yeah. Weird yeah. shit like that. But like another that. one. I think they need to bring back. Well, I know you can't just bring this back, but they got to have a culture shift to stealing bases again. You know, taking some yep. more risks on the base pass. Like I basketball agree. blew up because Steph Curry started taking chances, shooting the ball from half court, damn near, right? And then they said, "Oh, that's a higher, um, you know, uh, what well, higher percentage shot now because it's worth right. a point more if you're actually good at yeah, shooting." The mathematics right? of it. There are players who are probably really good at stealing and really fast, but they don't get the chance to because it's like, oh, we don't want to risk an out. Take some yeah, I mean, risks. Yeah. I mean, that that not that's not so much a rule, but I know what you're saying as far as the, no, yeah, I'm just yeah, culture, the, the, culture the, an, the analytics side of yeah. things, where it's just like you know, as much as we want to you know throw it on the A's for for being the ones that were you know I didn't going say you against, did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, in the sense of money ball, that, that's where a lot of people want to throw it out because it's just like, oh, we're not going to worry about stealing base anymore. I mean, this has been a thing that's been going on long before the A's were like really heavily implementing it. But, but I agree. I, I think the the numbers and the math that kind of goes behind it is is overtaking like any kind of enjoyment out of baseball. The excitement, yeah, yeah, and it robbed I, baseball of excitement, whereas it gave excitement to the NBA. Exactly. Yeah. And now people are striking out, you know, fucking two, three times a game, like, and they don't care. But that's boring. I don't want to watch strikeouts. I, no, I, 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 I watch a strikeout if it's a really good strikeout pitcher, like fucking Max Scherzer comes up there. Then yeah, you, he should yep. strike out nine, ten people. But some of these guys, they don't have the 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 gusto of the guys in the '90s. There's no Randy Johnsons and Pedro Martinez's out there, but right. they're still getting those strikeout numbers because guys are just trying to get that crazy launch angle and. They don't care, you know. Three yeah. was it the, th I, the three definite outcomes, that. you know? Yeah. Well, what about the shift? Like, how do you feel that the shift has impacted the way people? Uh, actually, I think the shift should have impacted the way people swing more. It's like, dude, you're in the pros and you can't be like Way Boggs or Tony Gwynn and know where you're trying to hit the ball. Exactly. Like, there's no fucking way to. Way Boggs and Tony Gwynn would have laughed at the shift. They'd have been like, <laughs> okay, cool, I'm getting a free base hit now. Yeah. They've been batting 420. <laughs> right. No, let, let alone it's like, okay, cool. The entire left side of the field is completely open. Bunt it. I, I know. Yeah. I know. Brandon Belt drops him down. <laughs> yeah. People hate bunts, but it's just like, so what? You're getting a free base out of it. Do it. All right. So, yeah, we just fixed baseball. <laughs> Commissioner <laughs> Benjamin and Commissioner Cooper, <laughs> co-commissioners. 
So we're getting away from baseball. Um, I don't know if you guys see on the ticker right there. I put down a couple things. And also, I spelled industry wrong. I don't know why you guys didn't tell me about that. Uh, oh, there. Can you spell my you own podcast? Okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we're um, you know, you you guys are from the eighties, and I was born in the eighties. I, I don't remember too much. What are you guys' favorite arcade games? I know Benjamin is for sure an arcade fan. I am too. I don't have one, you know, in my house, but. What about you, Ooh. Coop? What was your favorite arcade game? Ooh. Trying to think, like, because you said 80s. I'm trying to go back, like, okay. Oh, you can go whenever. You can go 90s if you want to. You can go Mortal Kombat, I NBA mean, Jam. Yeah. NBA Jam. Like, so when I worked at the – I used to work at the batting cages in the Emeryville. Um, triple play. Oh. And, uh, that takes it back. And we had the Mortal Kombat and the NBA – NBA Jam, and I think at one point in time we had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game. Nice. Oh, yes. And so, like, all three of those were, were, were epic games, you know. Um, if you want to go back further, Double Dragon. There um, you go. Tracking Fields. Oh, track and Field. That was a, I, that I'm was still, a Track and I'm, Field? I'm still dead convinced that Track and Field is, is either the greatest or the worst game ever created. <laughs> because if you could get past the long jump stage i mean you you could succeed at anything at life at that point i'm gonna have to look this up yeah oh yeah i don't track think i know was, about it um write a note down right now what was the <laughs> game where you drove the ferrari um rad racer no 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 um that's it, a cruising. steering wheel a real steering wheel it was like one of the first games with the steering wheel and you, uh, you drove this red Ferrari and it had a radio. Like, I think the second version of it, like, oh, radio God. music. I know what you're talking about. I don't know why. It's it's not Cruising USA. It's not Pole Position. I mean, it, it, it was. I was thinking Pole Position. No, not Pole Position. I feel like, was the one, that was like Cruising came out later, though. <laughs> yeah, cruising, cruising was definitely a product of the 90s. And so, but I remember, I, I know the game you're referring to, just for whatever reason, I cannot think of what the name of it is. The steering wheel I'm thinking about was the um, RC racer. RC racer. There was that oh, one. I well. remember that. Oh, what about the one? No, there was one where you were driving. Um, it was like the trucks. It was like remember when the, it was when the trucks first came in, and you were right the dirt trucks in the uh, like yeah. in stadiums. Yeah, and you could create your own uh, track. Yeah. That was ours. I think it was called well, RC Racer or something, version. right? I mean, not on the in the arcade. You couldn't trade. Oh, well, I'm thinking about the Nintendo, but I know. But in the arcade, it had the wheel, though. Yeah, it had it like did. it had the wheel. What was it called? And it was it was an upright uh, machine too. It wasn't like sit down or anything. You had to like stand <laughs> yeah, up yeah. and just like yeah. They had I'm one at the. It was it was it was definitely RC something. Guys, can I, I RC Pro Am? Yeah, that that might be it. Might be it. Might be it. I mean, we we all got devices here. Let's look it up. All right. All right. I got it. I'm um, I'm using mine to record right now, or to, 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 <laughs> so I'm kind of I'm kind of hosed on this one. RC program, yes. Yes. All right. Love that. Game. Oh, I remember that. I remember well, this is the that. Nintendo version, but this was the same one that they had. Well, this isn't the trucks though. It's like it's like, but I remember they had a truck version, right? Yeah, it was like yeah, dirt road off racing, and that was like a staple. Well, of this like is what it looked like. So it was trucks yeah. when you got there, but the the cover had some uh, F one looking vehicles. That was that was a staple of basically every sit down pizza joint in the Bay Area and Southern California for that most part too. 
Oh yeah. Right. All right. So what, what about you, uh, Benjamin? Oh, you I know, I mean, you know me. I, I got the I got the Mortal Kombat. I got the NBA Jam. You know, in my dining room, basically, which is my arcade room. Um, but what's funny is because uh, there's Emporium in Oakland. Oh yeah. I I will I will yeah. still go there and pay money just so I can at least have some kind of competition uh, amongst all these games because I just kind of get tired of you know whooping the computer's ass at my house. Uh, pre-pandemic, me and Jeremy went to uh, Emporium at least once, right? Yep, 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 yep. I, so, yes, uh, I remember we did. We we need to all get together and uh, do this. You know what I'm saying? I'm down. Super awesome. Last time I went, half the machines were broken. So, really, you know, yeah. I was super there a couple weeks ago. Game, it was it was super during the yes. super off road. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm looking it up. So, <laughs> when it comes to Mortal Kombat. Who are you going with? Who are you picking? Are we going Mortal Kombat one, two, or three? You you tell me. If it if it's one or three, I'm going Sub Zero. If it's Mortal Kombat yeah. two, Baraka. Ooh, Baraka, uh, yes, 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 yes. Super yeah, awful. I do not remember this. That's what it looked yes, like. Yes, that was it. Yep, that was it. Jesus, it was super fun, man. Oh man, I'm gonna have to uh, try to download that with the Mame. Um, do it. So I'm I'm a Liu Kang guy. Okay. I just you know I I like speed over power you know, and like <laughs> you know it, the button combination stayed the same for literally the whole entirety. So you know you play the first one and he's still the same kick and fireball you know all the way up to Mortal Kombat uh, nine I think it was. Yeah. So yeah I'm I'm that's that's my thing. But my favorite arcade game. Is the Simpsons arcade? It's a good one. That was fun. That was fun. You get. Um, have, you ever, have, uh, you, have you guys ever beaten it in one run? I almost beat it in the last time I was in Seattle. No, not the last time. The second to last time I was in Seattle, pre-pandemic, I was at a crab place right before I was getting on the plane, and with about two or three other children, who kept cycling <laughs> off because I had time and I had quarters, so. Yeah. I got damn near there, but I think I remember beating it at the Pizza Hut on Alcatraz back in the day. Same scenario. It was wow. a bunch of us, and we had a bunch of quarters, and we just were That's fucking going. Bunch of quarters. That's bunch a, of quarters and a bunch that, of people it's at too. At least a five dollars worth of quarters to even like attempt to beat that game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is you not, guys remember not... uh, two places in? Okay, I'll ask a trivia question. Oh, shit. What were the two places in the Bay Area where you could just drop a uh, low cover charge and play video games? Oh. Oh. I remember this. Can I phone a friend? (laughs) Okay, I'll give you a hint. There was one in Berkeley, and there was one in Oakland. Yeah. Just play a cover charge? You can just play all day? Yeah. Yep. I think it was like in five Berkeley. or ten bucks just to, yeah, and that was it. The yeah. only time I've ever played video games in in a was this like was it a strictly video game place or was it like they just had video games there too? Only video games. Only video oh, games. Fuck, I don't know. I was gonna say Laval. It was called Silverball. <sighs> Damn, that's Silver right. Silverball. It was never heard of that on Telegraph. It was. Pro- I think it was like above Laval's. Or, uh, it oh, was, so I'm it close. Was, <laughs> 
Yeah. It, Above Laval's is Tower Records. In the, the lower part of uh, yeah. Durant. Like yeah. it was, it was this weird stairway, and somehow like it was up above, and then in Oakland near the end, when like Malibu was just dying out, then you could go there and play uh, video oh, games. Fuck Malibu, man! <laughs> Damn, you're taking it back. Yeah, A's game in Malibu, man. Those were the days. Man, I bet nobody knows what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well Malibu was like fucking uh scandia or like uh um trying to think if there's a a newer version whatever case you know like it had go-karts um arcade uh, batting cages cages. uh did it have the water uh the water things too they did or was that only in baleo okay i think in oakland they oh maybe they only had the go-karts in oakland but it was right by the coliseum so yeah it was dope it is now up all right Fuck. All right. So basketball. How much? Okay. So we're about. Eh, we're about forty minutes in. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna finish up with some basketball here. Um, have you guys been watching any basketball? First, some city. Oh yeah. We're only about what twelve, fifteen games in. Coop, you? Mm, a little bit. Not a whole lot. A little bit. Okay. Well, so I'm just gonna a little recap for the people. Warriors are playing out of their fucking mind, even though they just lost to to Which the is Hornets. Which insane that they're still yeah. minus Wiseman and Clay, and they're doing as well as they are. Right, yeah. it's goddamn. Yeah, they're playing insane. Somehow the Cavs are nine and five. I'm yeah. Okay with it. I I did not see that coming. The Wizards are the number one seed, nine and three. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. The Bucks are the champions. They're playing like ass. I'm okay with that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my Kings, I'm, yeah, I'm a Kings fan. They're playing. They were they started off the season like so promising looking. It was like uh oh, finally figuring it out. And they're playing like shit. They've had ten games where they've had within five points in the last five minutes. And they've lost three out of those ten. I, I was definitely at one of those games. I apologize for, for, for that loss for you guys. Oh man. They just they're just fucking blowing it. Um Pacers. Not so bad. And the Trailblazers, both six and eight. Pacers have the sixth best offense. 21st defense though yeah it's 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 improving um not having karis lavert for the first couple weeks of the season threw them off a little bit and and especially like if you look at their losses like the majority of them have been three or less points like there's no reason why they shouldn't have more wins but they're they're finally coming around and then miles turner especially uh, what he's up seventeen blocks on the next closest person. Yeah, I was gonna say he's leading the in blocks per game and total blocks. So yeah, yeah. he's running away with that. Um, Trailblazers. Somehow they're six and eight. They they play like they should be fucking zero and fourteen because they, they have been they not are. playing good. And it has everything to do with Chauncey Billups being their coach and Terry Stotts not being anywhere near in the ha- in the house. I I was listening to a podcast and they were saying something about Chauncey Billups, and it was something like he just like he doesn't even know how to coach yet. He's like no. learning as he goes. He, he was only an assistant in L.A. for one year, and then all of a sudden it's just like you know what? Hey, you're ready for the big time. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that was weird. I, I'm still waiting for you to talk about uh, how the Lakers have been doing. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to mention it because like. I feel like they're not healthy and yeah, they're not playing good, but I don't think anybody thought they would 
you know, and they have Russell Westbrook. They got to figure a lot of shit out and get healthy to even criticize. I, I mean, for me, it's just, you know, before the season started, the Laker fans that I know were, were, were very, very excited. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of them are um, expected them to be where they're at right now. Like, yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah, no, they are underachieving. But, I mean, I never thought they were going to, like, it, they have one, it's only one ball, and you got, you know, two guys who need the ball constantly to be anything that they are. <laughs> and then they have Anthony Davis, who's like, well, what am I going to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, it's, I, I it's actually, weird. You know what the Lakers have done better this season than, than anything else they've done? They ma- they've managed to completely make everybody oblivious to Carmelo Anthony's two seasons in Portland. Yeah, like I didn't think that was at all possible, and it's just like, what what what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. and and this the same podcast I was talking about, they were mentioning how Anthony Simons is finally blossoming into what he was supposed to be, and they were saying that the reason why he couldn't is because his job was taken pretty much by Carmelo. Like their job is just like, his job is just to go out there and shoot. You can do that. Just shoot. But he can't shoot. If you got Carmelo out there, just jacking him up, you know? So exactly. I think the trailblazers will figure it out. I mean, I don't know, but, um, I got some Pacers trivia. You guys ready for this? Oh, okay. I'm not sure if it's going to be as good as my, my age trivia, but, uh, I want to, I'm going to feel like an ass if I don't get any of these right. So we'll get that way. <laughs> all right. First question. Who is the Pacers' all-time leading scoring average leader? All-time? All-time. Leading score, leading score per game average leader? Uh, I'm going to go with George McGinnis. That is a very good guess. Coop, what you got? I'm going to abstain. I don't know the answer to this one. Victor Oladipo. Ah, shit. 20.6. Then I think it's McGinnis and Paul George falls somewhere behind there. I think Reggie Miller was ninth. Yeah. Which he, I he, was surprised. But I know he played a whole lot of years, you know. So that, at the yeah, end, he was. Average. Yep. Okay, number two. All-time blocks per game leader. Pacers. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm not gonna know this one. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm not sure what the minimum games or blocks uh, threshold was for this. Yeah, this but... is this is where it kind of gets tricky because I want to. This say... guy definitely was a a pacer though. Oh man! See, I, my head was leaning toward Rick Smith, but the fact that you put it, you phrase it that way that this guy was a pacer. Well, I'm just saying, it wasn't like somebody who came in for three seasons and you know wasn't really. I'm gonna, on the team I'm gonna go with Roy. I'm gonna go with Roy Hibbert. Ooh, um, Roy Hibbert is fourth, number one, <laughs> two point four blocks per game. Jermaine O'Neal. That makes sense, actually. Number two, though, Miles Turner, two point three. Yep. Rick Smith is not in the top ten. <laughs> He's like their second leading all-time blocks. It blew hell? my fucking mind too. I was like, "What? Dude's oh like seven Lord. foot four? I, I, I yeah. don't know. But I, I just can't call it. Okay, <laughs> this one right here. I feel like either you're going to get it, or you're not. Because 
I mean, I'm over, I'm over two so far, and this is my team. I'm, I'm going to preface this. I, I did get close on the George McGinnis one, though. I, I, I will yeah, you did. You did. On the back on that one. So this surprised the hell out of me because everybody else on the list, he's so far ahead. But I did not think this person was 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 it all time triple doubles leader for the Pacers. Oh, fuck. With only thirteen. Yeah, that's that's where it gets weird because like hardly anybody ever got triple doubles for the Pacers. Um, you got a guess, Coop? Nope. Throw out a name. Come on, <laughs> dude. I have, I am not a huge basketball person, man. Right? I'm not. Gonna, I tell you, I'm it's not, gonna... not Pooh Richardson. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get weird with it, and I'm. Because I like, I want to say it's Paul George, but I don't feel remotely right about that. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mark Jackson. No, Mark Jackson is fifth with four. Paul George is sixth with only two. The leader, Demontis Sabonis, thirteen. Oh, see, I'd have never guessed that. Yeah, and in fact, this is all within the last two years. Just like the Buddy more amazing Pat- part. He passes like his daddy. So, you know, there you go. He does. Number two, Detlef Schrempf with six. And then Vern Fleming. This also, I did not think Vern Fleming had five triple doubles. Good old Vern Fleming. Yep. All right. Um, what is that? Was, um, number four. This one is probably a little easier. Most threes in a game, all-time Pacers. Come on, Coop. Give me, give me a guess. Three-pointers. Nope. In a game. Thinking too hard. <laughs> Ron, like, did this did this screen freeze? <laughs> <laughs> he froze. He looks frozen. <laughs> and no, it's not him. No. I'll give you a second chance. It's not him. No. He is number two, though. Tied for number yeah. two. The amount is nine. It's actually yeah. two people. So you got you got a double shot. Two people tied for number tied for number one with nine three pointers in a game. I'm trying to think of who else did it. Um I'm gonna go Paul George on one of them. Are you going to guess the second one, too, or you just want to go go with Paul George? Reggie. No. he's oh, Reggie's number two. He's tied for two with eight. Paul okay. George is tied number one. Yes. And the other guy, you want to take a guess? Do you, do you know what, what college did they go to? Oh, fuck. I, 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 don't, I don't know. <laughs> um. All right. Hold on. Um. Let me look it up real quick. Shit, hold on. Click the wrong button. That's right. For whatever reason, I keep thinking Reggie hit. (laughs) If I tell you this, you're going to know who it is. (laughs) I hope so. North Carolina State. Oh, shit. That was not who I was thinking. Um, I'm just saying, how many people went to North Carolina State that are very good? Well, that played for the Pacers as well. Um, There you go. Here's another hand. He currently plays for the Pacers. 
No, I know. And I, I, oh my God. Who, oh. Coop, you got a guess? Nope. You ever been to North Carolina? Nope. Me neither. <laughs> been to DC. As close as I got. Yeah, been to DC. Maryland, Virginia, all those places. Yeah, Maryland, Virginia. It's like New a black mind over here. It's not TJ McConnell, is it? Because I know he played yeah. ball at Arizona, but he went somewhere else as well. Very, very close. TJ Warren. Ah, shit. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had that fucking what 55 60 point game or some shit like that. Yeah, it was the bubble game. It was the bubble game. That's right. Oh yeah, the bubble game. Yeah. All right, I that's I didn't realize he played ACC ball. Shoot. I didn't either. That's why I was like I don't I don't know where the fuck he went. And I was like, "Oh shit, yeah. if I say this, it's going to be some obscure ass college. You can kind of pin that down." Well, I thought it was going right. to be some moment in, in like history of Doug McDermott is two years at, with Indiana that I just completely forgot about. I, I don't even have the. Do I still have it up? Oh, I do have it. Um, but Doug so McDermott, the eight, went to, Doug McDermott went to Creighton, so it definitely wasn't him. He's also not even on there. <laughs> he's not even on the top list. So the tie with eight with Reggie is uh, Justin Holiday, Paul yep. George, yep. C.J. Miles twice, and yep. Reggie twice. Yep. And then a thousand people have had seven. So yeah. Yeah, and I knew uh, I knew Justin Holiday and he going to North Carolina State, which is why I knew that was not the right answer. So, Danny Granger and Troy Murphy had seven three pointers in the game. I didn't know Troy, Troy was stacking them up Murphy. like that. Yeah. Uh oh, we got Randy Arozarena wins Rookie of the Year in the NL or AL, and NL was a uh, Jonathan India, which is insane that Randy Arozarena was still considered a rookie this year. That's what I thought. Because, I, I mean, he, I remember so much in the, uh, oh, all right, I, I see your text message. All right, let's wrap it up. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna look up this track and field arcade game. Coop's got to go. Um, uh, thank you guys for, uh, being on, you know, I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, yeah, good time, man. Thanks good for time. having us, man. For sure. Let's, 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 let's go to Emporium and play some fucking video games. Let's do oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> we got NFL Blitz there, so I got I got to get a team together. Oh, I forgot about that. NFL yeah, Blitz. I thought I you were going to mention NFL Blitz when you were talking earlier, but yeah, um, yeah, fuck. I mean, you know, that's it. Okay, so everybody, um, follow, subscribe, all that good shit. Industry Special Podcast. It's everywhere. Instagram, TikTok, fucking whatever. Benjamin, you want to say your goodbyes? I'm gonna give you the floor because you are the most popular human here. I, I, I disagree with that portion. I, I'm probably one of the most hated people here, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, absolute pleasure. Uh, for everybody who, who knows, you know, I, I run that the Hack Club Twitter account. Give me a shout out there if you actually need help with orders or anything like that. But if you want to talk jerseys, baseball, basketball, whatever, hit me up on my personals. Shaka Brody, S-H-A-K-A-B-R-O-D-I-E. Appreciate it for sure. Okay, so like I said, everybody. Oh, also patreon.com slash industry special. If you want to become a Patreon and donate, give some money. I'm giving out merch. There's behind the scenes content that um and other things, you know, but you gotta go check it out. Um, so thank you all for watching. Like, subscribe, leave a review, leave a comment, all that good shit. See you later. Later.